0: Alright QP Nation, it's Hoop Questions Monday, I'm your host Vince, and we are so excited about this show today. On the show, we're going to do a player breakdown of Sharif Cooper, the freshman guard from Auburn. Um, He's going to get some love from us, and I'll explain later how that all works. We're also going to give you some of the teams that we feel are the most pivotal teams in the trade deadline, and I don't even know if they know it or not, and in honor of Bill Simmons, we are going to make some trades, so we came up, the staff and I came up with trades that would help some teams, and uh, we... We got some interesting ones out there, and they're all trade machine accepted. No trade was just some fantasy trade. These are all numbers that go with the salary cap and all that, so you don't even have to worry about it. So these are legit trades that we thought up to help some teams out, and we have reasons behind it, and I can't wait to get to it for you. So let's tell you about what's going on around the house. All right, so... Um, my wife is having some 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 issues, some health issues. Um, she's been dealing with some stuff for a while now, actually, and um, some days are better than others. Some days aren't, you know. So we just pray that everything is gonna be all right. I mean, she's not, you know, going to die or anything like that. But, you know, she's, you know, she's a vibrant woman. And to see her in a kind of perpetual state of sickness and doctors can't figure it out. It's not COVID or anything, but um, it's tough to watch. But you just want to be supportive and you just want to let them know that you're there. And um, as much as. I would like to be able to fix it. I don't have the tools or the knowledge to be able to do so. So we are going to let the physicians do their job. And that's pretty much it. So let's get to this pod, right? Okay. This pod has a lot of stuff in it. We got to get some energy going. We got to get some positivity going, but I just wanted to give you a little breakdown about what's going on in the house and what's on the show. So Without further ado, let's get to this pod. Here at QQ Sports Exchange, um, if you've been up with us since day one, we had a, a player breakdown on Desmond Bing, and I think we caped up for him last year, you know, before the actual NBA draft, and um, he just became one of our guys that we kept following and kept in um, close tabs on and where he was going to end up and there were reports that he's going to be like a mid-second rounder. And then some things where he moved up to like 20th. And he ended up being the 30th pick overall. And then um, so far this season in Memphis, he's been doing so good. So we're so happy for him because um, he was just one of our guys in the draft. And we might have just found another. Um, we're going to do a player breakdown on um, Augren's guard. Sharif Cooper and the reason why I chose him is because of the fact that his skills are so nasty um I enjoy watching him play but I wanted to do some breakdown and I wanted to get some information from some scouts and what they saw and how they see it you know translating to the NBA so what we're going to do is we're going to give you some you know stats on him you know height weight all that sort of stuff and then we'll get into what I kind of discussed with the scouts so first and foremost he is a six foot guard he's about 180 pounds I think he's like about 175 obviously and here's the thing that I'm gonna say about him if Sharif Cooper was six-three, he would be a End of the lottery fringe lottery guy, easy, no question about it. He would probably be one of anywhere between 12 to 16, somewhere in there, but real solid. He, you know, the fluctuation would be 12 to 16. He wouldn't be all over the board, he wouldn't be this guy who was going 13th in one mock and you know, 36th in another mock. But just because he is six feet, that's always going to. Raise a red flag when it comes to the scouts. Because can you get your shot off? How big of a defensive liability are you? Are you just going to get swallowed up by pick and rolls? You know, with the big guy coming out, setting the pick. So these are all things that are thoughts of scouts. And how it translates to the NBA. All right, Here's my take on it. Because I watched them. I watched them a lot this year. If you look at Cougar's creativity with the ball as a driver and a distributor, Sharif has his own tempo where he seems to be able to get to where he needs to go. Okay? So he's very creative with the ball. His dribble is is real nice. His handle is real, real nice. And he plays at a pace where he can kind of slow play you. And then get you in a situation where maybe you're on your heels and then blow right by you. You know, he can speed up and then stop. And then you're six feet off of him and he's rising up for a J. So these things he has in his bag. And to me, when you are that potent offensively, they find a way for you in the league. Because the one thing about it is, right? You need a guard that can break down the defense and somebody who can create his own shot. That's what everybody's looking for in the draft is it'd be great if you can play defense. It'd be great if you could, you know, did everything at an efficient level. But the one thing that is very important to have, and this is why like the top guys in the draft get it mostly, is can you create your own offense? Zion can create his own offense. LeBron, obviously, creates his own offense. Durant, you know, can do it. It's the key to, are you a 18 to 20 point a game guy? Or are you a 24 to 27 point a game guy? So, (laughs) having that in your bag is critical. And I think he does. I've seen it. I've seen people try to throw exotic defenses at him. I've seen people throw um, bigger guys at him. And he seems to be able to handle that situation very well. Now, um, he will need a reliable floater in the NBA. So he will need to find something where he can pull up from eight feet, throw a teardrop, and get it over the defender because obviously in the NBA, you're gonna have quicker, faster, bigger, stronger guys, so their reaction time is going to be a lot better than the collegiate level. But I think he has enough he has enough sauce in his game that floater will come. You know, I think that's something that you don't have to worry about now, where I think he'd be truly effective in the NBA, at least for right now is a second unit floor general. Um, And if teams from like 17 to 25 do not take Hooper, I think he'll be an absolute steal for a really good playoff team. And he can be an energizer off the bench for them. So right now they have him as a prospect anywhere between like 22 to 28. And I'm not saying that the size shouldn't scare people away. But I'm always really interested when you see a team that's like a good playoff team. But maybe, you know, in the back of your mind that this team is maybe good for two rounds and then that's about it. You know, sometimes one. Right. They're good for one round. Get to that second round. Maybe give that team, you know, all it can handle. But ultimately, they're going down. And usually, what you see in these situations is they didn't have enough off the bench. My thing is, is that with the six foot Sharif Cooper, even though size can be a detriment, I think the kid himself, I think I'm a bet on the kid. I'm a bet on Sharif Cooper. There's too much wiggle, there's too much sauce, there's too much in his bag. For him not to make it in the NBA. I do hope that he goes to the right team. So they can utilize his skill set properly. But I am big on Sharif Cooper. And you know him and I have kind of gone back and forth on Instagram a little bit. And uh, so QP Sports Exchange is definitely co-signing Sharif Cooper from Auburn. So look out for him. As we get closer to the draft. I know that this is Hoot Questions Monday. I got so much that I need to get to. um, And we're going to do that. All right. But I do. This is what I will do. We're going to give you some news and notes right now. Okay. There are various reports that Anthony Davis of the Lakers will be out for another three plus weeks. Now, they say everything is going fine with the cash strain. They say that um, this is just being extra, extra cautious, and I am here to tell you, do what you need to do with Anthony Davis, okay, Lakers? As a Laker fan, I'm going to tell you right now, if my man's out for another four weeks, that's cool too. I'm not tripping. We want AD fully healthy for the playoffs. So another three weeks without AD, Montrezl Harrell, obviously Kyle Kuzma, who's been playing great, great basketball in his um, absence, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, Dennis Schroeder, and obviously LeBron James are going to have to pick up the slack from my man AD. But we wanted to get you that little piece of news while it was still hot um what we're gonna do is take a little quick break and we're gonna come back with some stuff that i think is going to be a real something that you can really sink your teeth into and talk to your friends about so bear with us we'll be back momentarily back and what we're going to get into now is we made a list of teams that we believe are the most pivotal teams come this trade deadline season in the NBA. Now the honorable mention is the Houston Rockets. Now Houston is in a really tough predicament because they have to end up in the bottom four to keep their pick if for some reason and we know that the lottery is different they flattened out the odds right so the number one team only has like a 14 percent chance and the team that's number eight is like nine point some nine point something or whatever so at the end of the day you know you're not just because you have the worst record in the league does not guarantee you that you are going to get the number one overall pick but Houston has to stay in that top three to just have a shot at being able to keep their pick because their pick is part of some pick swap deal this year where if it ends up out of the top four if it ends up five or higher New Orleans and Miami are able to kind of swap that pick out so let's say New Orleans obviously will end up, maybe end up with a worse record than Miami. So they would go to, let's say they got the sixth pick, right? So New Orleans would end up with the sixth pick. Miami would move down to whatever New Orleans pick was. And then then Houston would end up with Miami's pick. So let's say right now Houston had the sixth pick overall. Okay, New Orleans would get that pick. Miami would get New Orleans pick. Let's say they're like fourteenth now, or I think something like twelve or something like that. So they would get the twelve pick, and then the Houston Rockets would end up with pick number eighteen, right? Just just how the thing goes. So they they have some trades to make. Um, they have some a couple of veterans that have some trade value. And they have some pieces that they can move to help themselves as far as, you know, let's call it what it is. It's tanking. They're tanking. So they need to move Victor Oladipo. Um, it's not a secret. Um, P.J. Tucker is unhappy, and they've already said that they're going to part ways. So they're trying to figure out whether they can trade him. Or is he going to be part of the buyout market? There's such a good chance that he's going to get traded. His salary isn't crazy. Um, So as far as a trade candidate, you know, he's the most, most likely to go from Houston. But I also think that Victor Oladipo is a priority for the Houston Rockets to trade as well. To get assets back, whether in young player or picks. And whatever you can get for P.J. Tucker is good, um, whether it's a conditional pick or a young player with some upside. So I look for Houston to do that and to do that within the next 10 days. Now, on to the teams that we really thought had the the juice when it comes to this trade deadline. The Orlando Magic are... At 13 and 26, they've had significant injuries with Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz and also point guard Cole Anthony. They just need a hard reset. You know, I think it's warranted. And I think perennial trade bait Aaron Gordon would be a good way of kicking this off. Because here's the deal. They're 13 and 26. They're not going anywhere this year. Um, And you got to get people that fit the timeline of your injured stars who were super young. Like Jonathan Isaac, I believe, is like 21 years old. And Markel Fultz is pretty much around the same age. So you got to get pieces that fit the Cole, Anthony, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaacs deal because of the fact that Vucevic, um and Aaron Gordon they've been with you for a while and if you can get something right now for them you should and with Aaron Gordon he's still only 25 years of age 25 he seems like he's been in the league for a long time but he's only 25 so you're getting a guy who is 6'8 230 pounds he can switch You know, his athletic ability will allow him to switch on to smaller people. He can also guard bigger people. He's a great leaper. So uh, weak side blocks and things of that nature, he'll be able to handle that as well. And here's the thing. Even though that he's having a down year, that athletic switchable wing that everybody wants, you know, It doesn't matter whether he's scoring 18, 19 points a game or the 13.7 that he's averaging right now. People want that. It's a valuable commodity in this year's trade season. So having one, you should be able to get a decent haul for Aaron Gordon. Now, when it comes to Nikola Vucevic, you know, he's a modern day center, right? He has tremendous value. I mean, this, this guy has so much value in Orlando, could ask for the moon for him. These are the numbers for Vucevic this year, who also is playing at an All-NBA caliber. He's averaging 25 points a game. He's shooting 49% from the field. He's shooting 41.6% from the land of three and that's on six attempts, so it's not just, oh, I shoot the ball twice. He shoots it six times on average from the land of three. He's averaging 11.6 rebounds a game and 3.77 assists. I mean, a trade for Vucevic should bring back at least two first-rounders and two young players as pieces so you can fit the timeline of the young players that you already have. But I just look at Orlando, and they just, as far as those guys are concerned, I'm not saying, listen, you got to blow up your team every time because of the fact that, you know, you have some injuries and, and, and whatever. But to me, this is the time for Orlando to do a real hard reset and just gather assets. Just gather assets. You know, keep giving your a chance, a shot in the draft. Because one of those guys might hit. Or you continue to build the talent, the young talent, cultivate the young talent. And now you have a team that's pretty much ready for a superstar to come down to and take you over the top. That's the other way to build it. Okay? So... To me, I think they're one of the teams that are are very pivotal, and what they do in the next uh, 10 days is going to be very interesting to see. The next team on our list is the Denver Nuggets. We will either look at this team after the deadline as a contender or as a team that has an established star without the help to get them to the next level. Mile High basketball, how do you feel about that hardened trade now? Are you... Are you okay with Jamal Murray still? Are you still riding with that guy? He's been, he's been very inconsistent this year. Good games, bad games. It's not consistent at all. He's starting to play better within the last couple weeks. But he hasn't been himself. But we're starting to see flashes of the guy who was in the bubble. The Nuggets have flirted with names like Bill and Harden, but they haven't been able to pull the trigger. The Nuggets have intriguing upside young pieces in Zeke Naje, Bull Bowl, and if they really wanted to do something on a much larger scale, they got Michael Porter Jr. With Jokic being 26 and an MVP candidate, it would be wise to put some of their trade chips and get an established player. You know, I just think you look at that situation and you go, OK, if you're saying if you're believing that Jamal Murray is that second guy or he's part of that group. Right. Whatever that is. If you had a a piece that could bring you back something, it doesn't have to be old. You know, it doesn't have to be somebody, um, you know, 32. But if you had a piece like Michael Porter Jr., and you were able to trade it to a team that brought you back something that was a little bit more established, whether on both ends of the court, offensively and defensively. We understand that Michael Porter Jr. has had his struggles on the defensive end. Some of that is too that you have to understand is that he's kind of in the same situation as Zion. He really hasn't played a lot of basketball. I think they have played almost the same amount of games. And I think Porter Jr. has been in the league one extra year. Remember, he missed an entire season because of back surgery. So they were rolling the dice on him at that point. But here's the thing. You, you did the right thing. You got him at 14th a couple years back, right? You, you said, you know what? If this kid hits, you know, wow, we have something. And just because you traded doesn't mean you don't have anything. What it means is is that you use the piece that you gambled on at fourteen, and now maybe you can turn it into like a Brandon Ingram. Or you can turn it in see, you know, see if Washington bites on the Bradley Bill thing. That would change the landscape of the NBA so dramatically if Bill was on the nuggets with Jamal Murray. And Jokic, come on now, everybody understands that, everybody knows that, you know, it's just, will Denver pull the trigger, or are they going to be content with what they have and then just continuing to hopefully hit on draft picks, because they've done a great job drafting like in the the mid-20s over the last couple years, so we'll see, we'll see how it all goes. And I just think they are prime to make a big jump and to make a big splash in this trade deadline. I don't know if they'll do it, but they definitely have the pieces to do it. This brings me to the next team. The New Orleans Pelicans are another team who needs to reassemble their parts. With Zion Williamson being the focal point. Of the offense now. It would be nice if he had, if New Orleans would learn from the lessons of the past with Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? This is the dude that you drafted number one overall in 2019. So you understand that the clock is ticking. And he's such a talented dude. We've seen a lot from Zion Williamson this year. You know, when they start giving him the ball and he was able to initiate offense. We started to see what he could fully do. You know, you saw it at Duke, and you were like, yeah, that's that's nice. That's real, real nice. And now he's starting to show that in the NBA, and it's super scary because he still has a lot of work to do. He knows that, but his immense talent and his immense athletic ability allows him to kind of learn on the fly. He can actually make mistakes. And still be successful. In creating the offense. Because he's just so big. 285 and 6'7". Is ridiculous. And his athletic ability. Makes him even more dangerous. As soon as he touched one foot. In the lane. What the Pelicans need. If they need a off-ball wing with the ability to create off the dribble when the plays break down, right? Now, the key piece for the New Orleans Pelicans, and I know Pelican fans are about to get super mad at me, so listen, Pelican fans, I'm going to give it to you hard, and I'm going to give it to you real, and I'm going to give it to you straight. You need to trade Brandon Ingram. And I know y'all falling off your chair talking about what does this dude know? What is this dude talking about? Give me a second. Here's the deal. Ingram had thoughts that when he got to New Orleans that it'll be his team. Those hopes were dashed as soon as Zion was drafted. Even though Ingram came later, we all know that he was a pelican in the sense of the, his, his rights were traded before the actual draft, right? Ingram is a long, athletic, ball-dominant wing. With a terrific array of shots. He's, his shot creation is awesome. He would be a great pickup for many teams, okay? If I was the Pelicans, I would get players back that fit and complement what Zion Williamson likes to do and unlock the offense even further. Because really what you want is you want a wing that can spot up shoot, that doesn't need the ball, have to dribble it like four or five times to find the rhythm, and then shoot. You need guys who can stand in those short corners and knock down three balls at a really good clip. And there's a lot of wings out there that have, I wouldn't say limitations to their game. They're, they're just really good at knocking down the open three, where it's basically, I'm just it's a jump shot, it's a practice shot. So that's the type of people that I would be looking for if I was the Pelicans and I was trying to build the team around Zion. The other thing is, is that I would look for wings that were really defensively inclined as well. You know, you definitely want to look for like two-way guys, young guys that you see project as two, you know, two-way players. Okay, um, you know, like the Harrison Barnes of the world, DeAndre Hunter comes to mind. Um, Gordon Hayward before the injury was a good two-way player. Um, T.J. Warren plays D as well. He would be a good dude. Aaron Gordon is that guy, you know, a wing that does defend. You know, you want to put people around Zion that can hit an open jumper and that can defend on the perimeter where you're not having the defense broken down every single time. Well, here's the thing. Here's the other thing with the New Orleans Pelicans. Here's some of the dudes they have. And you tell me if you couldn't put a really good package together with some of these guys. You have Lonzo Ball, who has an expiring contract. You have guard Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You have J.J. Redick. You have guard forward Josh Hart. And you have center Jackson Hayes. And then, like I said, you also have Brandon Ingram. So you have enough in your coffers, so to speak. You have enough in the the cupboards to be able to make something happen and get a significant piece back. So I look, I don't know if they'll do it. I don't know if Griff will do it the gm for um for the pelicans i don't know if he'll pull that trade off you know but i just think that what's around zion right now is clearly not working um and i think what you want to do is you want to kind of turn back the clock on some of those contracts that you already have I'm not saying that everybody has to be like a first year guy or whatever but it would be nice to have some second-year guys where you know, you're know, you still two years away before you have to worry about money and you get to see what they're going to be like around your centerpiece, which is Zion Williamson. The, the other team that we looked at is the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are poised to do something creative at this trade deadline, you know? And I'll tell you why. First, you have to figure out if Levine is your guy. Now I know in Chicago that sounds blasphemous. I know it sounds crazy. But hear me out. By all accounts, he has been everything what Chicago has been looking for since he was drafted out of UCLA in 2014. Okay? He's been clutch. He has shown the ability to carry a team offensively wise. He's averaging 28 points. He's shooting 52 point six percent field goals, 43.5% from the land of three. And that's on eight attempts. So he's he shoots it a lot. He's also shooting 86% from the free throw line as well. With Levine it will always be about the defense. And here's the here's the troubling part. This is a athletic, agile, six foot five wing. Okay, it's not like he's a plodding six foot nine dude or he's a six foot one point guard who gets swallowed up in pick and roll or whatever. This is a six foot five wing that should be able to get into the passing lanes. Even he just hasn't even shown that he can be a decent defender, and that's what you want at least decent. That's the only reason to consider Levine for a deadline trade in the NBA is his defense. Is that the guy that you want to build around? It's a question. I'm not saying it needs to be done. I'm not even saying that I actually agree with the theory of trading him. Because I don't know if I'm Chicago if I want to do that. Because 28 points is hard to come by. And this dude can get you, if he gets real hot, he can get you 50 this is a 50-burger waiting to happen at any moment. He can just go off for 50. So I'm not like saying, hey, guarantee you got to trade him. I will trade him. No, it would be a real hard philosophical question if I was the GM of Chicago. On the one hand, I'm going, dude, this dude is so nice on the offensive end. But then I would worry about the defense. You know, can we stop anybody? So my whole thing is, is that um, if it was me, I would build around Levine. Okay. the caveat is this. You know that you are you are in a pickle when it comes to his defense. But we have fixes for that. Right. We, We don't just come with problems. We come with solutions here at QP Sports Exchange. We don't just gripe. We give you solutions. So now, if you're going to build around them, this is what you're going to do. You're going to need defense. You're going to need rim protection. Okay, that'll be vitally important to the roster construction. So if you jettison Lori Marketing with his expiring contract, you should get a pretty good haul for him. Two things he's a spread wing. He's a spread spread center. He can shoot from the outside. And that is valuable to a contender. Some dude who's a stretch four or a stretch five. Who shoots it as well as Markin does. And he shoots the ball very well. He's averaging 19 points this year. Six rebounds. But he's shooting 51% from the floor. He's also shooting 42% from the land of three on 7.5 attempts. So he's shooting volume threes and he's shooting it at a 42% clip. So tell me a team that doesn't want a stretch four or stretch five who can do that. And I think you can get a lot for him. Okay. Um the other guy would be Thaddeus Young. He should be able to get you a pick and a young player. He's just a vet that knows what to do. He's a great, he plays good defense. He's a good team defender. He can help you on the weak side. Um, he can get you a bucket. And he just knows what to do on the court. He's never lost in a system. So Thaddeus Young would be an excellent pickup for a contender. And those, and those contenders, they get desperate when it comes to guys like that. That's why P.J. Tucker is so hot. You think about it. When's the last time you got really excited about somebody 35 years old and 6'5"? Oh, he's 35 years old, 6'5"? Oh, yeah, I want that dude on my team like yesterday. You never say that. But people want guys with experience who know how to play in games where it gets a little tense, right? You know, it gets a little... Okay, we're, you know, this is a little itchy for me. A little uncomfortable. P.J. Tucker is a vet. He's seen it all. He's been through it all. He's been through the wars. So, he's very valuable. And Thaddeus Young is kind of from the same situation. He's very valuable because of the fact that he's seen it all. He's done it all. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, those are the things... That I think about... Oh, and then you have Kogi White. So, you have three pieces that you could take and really, you could probably get anywhere between three to five players back and anywhere between, let's say, two, two to four picks back as well with those three guys. You could literally change the face of your team while keeping the centerpiece which is Zach Levine right in the middle of it you know you can say hey my building blocks are Patrick Williams and Zach Levine and then everything else around it that's not nailed down is up for sale what did you want to give me and that's what I would do if I was Chicago Bill Simmons would be so proud of me right now because in true podcast form, like everybody else who does this and want people to hear them, I am going to propose some trades. Now, all these trades that you're going to hear, these are all done in the ESPN trade machine, so they're all valid. None of them have any salary cap, pie-in-the-sky dreams, or anything like that. I'll give you why I kind of thought of these, and who it helps, and why we did it, right? So, I'm so excited. I feel just like Bill Simmons right now, because I'm going to say some outlandish stuff, and aggregators, go ahead and aggregate me, and... Get me more audience members, more listeners. You know, we here at QP Nation and at QP Sports Exchange, you know how inclusive we are. You know, the more the merrier on the bandwagon. So, yes, aggregators, go ahead and aggregate these potential trades that I came up with. First one, we're bringing the Ball Brothers together. So, Charlotte, um, this trade allows LaMelo to get his brother to play with him. And then this is also showing LaMelo that you really care about him by bringing his brother in. So, it kills two birds with one stone. So, Charlotte would trade Cody Zeller, guard Malik Monk, and a protected first round pick in 2022, top 10. Protect it, and you would trade that to New Orleans for forward Nicolo Melli. guard Josh Hart, and guard Lonzo Ball. So, the reason why I thought of this is trying to help Zion, and also in a sense trying to help Charlotte. First of all, you would be bringing Lamelo's brother in. Here's the other thing: Lamelo shooting. A lot better. Now, he had a stretch early in the season. Wasn't great. Then he had kind of like a little ankle injury. Ever since he's come back from the ankle injury, he's shooting at like 41, 42% from three. So, he's been shooting the ball very well. And it's not been, um, you know, one or two attempts. This is on like six and almost, almost seven attempts. So, 42% is getting it done. So whether you think the stroke is ugly or not, he's having success with it. And I think playing with his brother would even free him and unlock him more. And it would also energize his brother because they're just jazz playing together. And here's the other thing. Another 6'6 guard to go with Lomelo, who's 6'8. You know? Now you got lineup flexibility with 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 uh, Lonzo, you know, because he can play the three, he can play the two, play the one. Lamelo can do the same exact thing. You could then now have a traditional backcourt where you could, if you wanted to, you could start um, Rozier and Ball in the backcourt, talking about Lonzo. And bring LaMelo in at the three. Could you imagine what that's going to look like? And then Gordon Hayward moves to the four. You know, that could be your your death lineup, so to speak. And what it does for New Orleans is two things. Um, Malik Monk is a sniper. This is something that they need. Okay. Um, it gives, and Malik is one of those catch and shoot guys. Catch and shoot. Not off the dribble. No, I want to create a bunch of stuff. I want to be able to take the ball, fake it, like fake a shot and then like dunk on somebody or I want to shoot the three. So perfect for Zion Williamson. The money matches up and everything is well. So Charlotte, the trade is this again. It's Malik Monk, Cody Zeller. And a protected first in 2022. So you still get your draft pick this year. And it's top 10 protected. So if something happens, a little injury situation, you're still good. In New Orleans, you would get Nicolo Melli. I'm talking about, I'm sorry. They would, Charlie would get Nicolo Melli. They would get Josh Hart. And they get Lonzo. So that's the first trade. I got some others. This trade is where the Denver Nuggets become a big boy. They put on their big boy pants. And I think Bill Simmons will not like me after this trade. But I have reasons for it. So I'm trading Bill Simmons' favorite Celtic this year, Jalen Brown. So the trade goes like this. Divers sends Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, and guard Gary Harris to Boston, and they would receive back Jalen Brown, Tristan Thompson, and Romeo Langford. Now, I'll tell you exactly why I did this deal. First and foremost, I think as far as dynamic scorer, I think Michael Porter Jr., is that but I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to give Mike Malone a heart attack. I think Mike Malone might die on the court this year because he's been absolutely enraged by Michael Porter's defensive um, switches and defensive assignment blown defense assignments now. We did say that he's played um, about the same amount of games as Zion. You know, he had a year off, whatever, with the back surgery. So it's understandable. But if you're Denver, you know, and you're looking at Jokic and you're looking at Murray, let's say you say Murray's the cog, right? And I'm not saying Michael Porter Jr. can't get there because here's the thing. He really has more upside. He probably has more upside than even Jokic. And that's hard to say, right? Because we all love the Joker. Man, we all love this guy. This guy plays great. He's such a, a, he's such a joy to watch on the basketball court. His passing is, is next level. He scores somehow very easily, which is weird because he's slow and he doesn't get off the ground. But he's able to score super easy. And I just think when you have that, you have that talent, you got to put pieces around him that are going to help him right now. And could you imagine what Jalen Brown would do for uh, Denver and the way they play and his uh, slashing ability, his ability to knock down a shot, his ability to play defense? You know what I'm saying? You're looking at a good situation. Now, what does Boston get? Well, here's the thing. Michael Porter Jr. is a guy that could challenge Tatum as far as offensive talent. Okay, Now, if he ever finds any willingness to play defense, and like I said, a lot of this is because he just hasn't had enough reps in the NBA. But I just think his ability to score the basketball... Is so special and he would give Boston a different dynamic because now you're looking at Tatum and they said Tatum over the offseason grew two inches and he's closer to 6'10 than he is to 6'8. And if that's true and you have a 6'10, 6'11 Michael Porter, how are you dealing with that? How are you dealing with that? That's a lot of length. That's a lot of um, ground to cover because Michael Porter Jr. can absolutely stroke it from three. Jason Tatum isn't bad either. You know, and you got Kemba setting these two dudes up. Now, like I said, it looks like a wash, you know, but for Boston, what you're doing is you're kind of resetting the situation, you know, as far as, uh, you know, star player, because Jalen... He's going to get the back. You know what I'm saying? He just got the back. So he's making money. Michael Porter Jr. is not there yet. So, and with the injury history, maybe you can get a little discount, save a little bit of money, help yourself on the mid-level exception, all that. This all plays into it. So I put a lot of time and effort into these trades, these full trades for you, okay? Um... The other trade is this. I have a trade for the New Orleans Pelicans. And it's more of a three-parter. So bear with me. I'll explain each part as I go. And if you get lost, just re-listen to the pod. You'll get it. Right. listen. QP Nation, the one thing that I don't, the one thing that I know is that if you're listening to your boy Vince, there's a lot of smart people out there. So, I know that you guys are going to be able to handle what I'm about to give you. So, here it goes. Here's the first part. Brandon Ingram <clears throat> will be traded to Indiana, to Indiana. Okay, so you got Brandon Ingram. You got center Willie Hernan Gomez, and you have forward Wayne Gabriel. Now, Indiana would give New Orleans Jeremy Lamb, guard Jeremy Lamb. They would give point guard Aaron Holiday, so you'd have another Holiday And Miles Turner. The key piece is Miles Turner. And I understand you're saying, what about Steven Adams, Vince? What about him? I got that taken care of, too. So let's talk about this trade up front. All right. So the reason why I would trade Brandon Ingram is because I said earlier in the pod. Brandon Ingram thinks it's his team. It's Zion Williamson's team. Okay. Um, Van Gundy needs to tell Brandon Ingram that it's Zion's team. Now, if for some reason... Ingram can buy into that concept that it is Zion's team. They should be able to work out whatever offensive issues that they have. Because Brandon Ingram is very talented. But I'm doing this solely on the purpose with the games that I see with them. Now, when it's going good, it looks great. But when the offense bogs down, it gets clunky. And those two guys are going like, well, just give me the ball and I'll handle it. And Zion kind of is an easy-going guy a little bit. And Ingram's kind of the same way. But I'm starting to see a little more aggression from Ingram. And maybe because he believes that his spot is being taken away. I don't know. But that's what it looks like to me. So this trade would eliminate Ingram. You would get Miles Turner back. Now obviously the offensive firepower of getting of getting rid of Ingram is hurt by that but jeremy lamb can you know give you some points and that would be a good piece off the bench you know i'm saying you're not losing a ton there and you're getting aaron holiday another point guard whether uh kira kira lewis jr turns out to be like a phenomenal guard here's another guy that either can back him up or start with him um He played in a lot of two-guard sets at UCLA with tiny guards, and he was able to guard the bigger guard in the Pac-12. So Aaron Holiday is just another Holiday brother that knows how to play the game, and I think he'll find his way in the NBA. So that's the first part of the trade. Really, for New Orleans, you're getting getting Myas Turner in that, and you're getting some young pieces that you don't know what they could be, or if you can flip them for something else. For Indiana, you're getting Ingram. And Ingram and T.J. Warren and DeMontis Sabonis and Karis Levert and Malcolm Brogdon, that's something to deal with in the East. So think about that five again. Point guard, Malcolm Brogdon, Karis Levert, two guard, Brandon Ingram, T.J. Warren, and DeMontis Silonis. Yo, Indiana, you might want to pick up the phone. I'm making these trades for you. You're welcome, Indiana. You're welcome, Hoosiers. Look at the love that QP Sports Exchange gives Indiana. All right, the second part of the trade. Okay, and this is to fix the Stephen Adams deal. Because everybody's like, well, you got Miles Turner. What are you going to do with Stephen Adams? Well, here's what I'm going to do. So we're going to send Adams north of the border. So New Orleans will send Stephen Adams. They'll send another center, Jackson Hayes. And Josh Hart. And Canada's own, Nikhil... Alexander Walker. Conwell guard. Alright. And what you're going to get back. Is you're going to get back. One. Kyle Lowry. And Norman Powell. Alright. So. You're going to get. So let's look, look at this again. Alright. You're going to send to Toronto. Steven Adams, you're going to send Jackson Hayes, Josh Hart, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, combo guard, and you're going to get Kyle Lowry back, and you're going to get Norman Powell back. Now, you're going to flip Kyle Lowry, okay? So, Lowry won't even be with the team very long. Because he's going to go to the Heat. And what you're going to do is you're going to get the aspiring contract of Andre Iguodala. You're going to get Kelly Olynyk, And you're going to get rookie from Memphis, Precious Ochoa. And picks from Miami. So Miami is going to give you like two picks. Two first rounders. Okay. You're going to get Precious Ochoa. That's the person that is key to the deal for the Kyle Lowry flip, okay, because 35 million and 35-year-old point guard Kyle Lowry would be awesome for a year, and then what will happen, right, what will happen, so you're going to flip Kyle Lowry and get Precious Achua, basically the aspiring contract of forward Andre Iguodala, and you're going to get Kelly Olenek, who is a pick-and-pop stretch four. So why do you do this deal? Okay, let's break this deal down a little bit, right? Because there's a lot of moving pieces. One, Steven Adams was a mistake to get in the offseason. So here's a way to, in a sense, almost get a redo on that particular signing during the offseason. Okay? Because you see it clearly doesn't work. It clogs up the lane for Zion. So you're trying to unclog the lane. All right. Miles Turner Turner has a pretty decent jump shot. He's not great, but he has a decent one. Or what you can do is you can play a lot of Kelly Olenek. All right. Because we're going to break this trade down further and further. All right. So. You're going to have Norman Powell, who's also a good defensive guard, who can fill it up. You know, another. Good dude to have off the bench to go along with Jeremy Lamb, to go along with Aaron Holiday, because remember, you picked up those guys too. All right, Now, you give a lot away, but remember, you got a lot back in return from Indiana, and you're going to get more from the Heat. So when you made the trade to Toronto to get off your books, Stephen Adams, and then Jackson Hayes, Josh Hart, and Nicole Alexander Walker. Well, heck, you know, you got your guard squared away because you got Aaron Holliday, Jeremy Lamb. Okay. You got those guys already back in that deal. So Kyle Lowry is then going to get you another front court guy, you know, an energy guy, a rebounder, a shot blocker, somebody to pair with Zion. If you want to keep Zion at the power forward position, you need to surround him with shooters. That's where Norman Powell, Jeremy Lamb, and Aaron Holiday come into play. Okay? And Miles Turner come into play. And then Miles Turner and Precious Achua would help guard the paint, block shots, protect the rim. And Kelly Olynyk would be your stretch four so now you have the floor spread you have the balance on the floor that you're looking for you probably upgraded your defense if you're new orleans and you're welcome and for the other people the heat are happy because they got kyle lowry you know saying kyle lowry on the heat that's heat culture all the way toronto's happy because they got Jackson Hayes and they got Josh Hart and they got um, Canada Zone, Nikhil Alexander Walker. And Indiana is happy because of the fact that they got Brandon Ingram. So all the teams, and including New Orleans. And remember, you're gonna get picks all back in this deal too. You're gonna get picks from Toronto. You're gonna get picks from. Um, you're gonna get picks from Miami. You know what I'm saying? So you're getting a lot back and keep on keep in mind they have the Lakers picks they have who else who else do they have they have I think I think they have some of Houston's picks or yeah they're in that pick swap with Houston as well so there's so much that you have in draft equity already and now you pair these picks with it there's so much maneuverability that New Orleans would have and I really think that this would bring balance to their offense and this would also be able to help them on defense as well so that's where we are with it so these are the trades these are the things that i dreamed up these are the things that i put together and like i said they're all trade machine approved all right so twitter hit me up qpp network on Instagram and Facebook. Question Point Pod Network. And tell me what you don't like about the trades. Tell me what you do like about the trades. Tell me if there was another team. That I forgot. As far as being pivotal. To the trade season. To the trade deadline season. Tell me if you like bringing the Bog Brothers together. Just tell me what you think. Again. Again. On Twitter, QPP Network. On Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network. And with that, we're going to go ahead and shut this down. Questions Monday is coming to an end. I want to thank every last person who downloads. Um, you guys are amazing. You know, we keep saying it all the time that we're blessed um, here at QP, uh, QP Nation and QP Sports Exchange. I know myself, Vince, the host, is very blessed, um, and I still want to get interactive with you, so use those social media platforms to give me ideas on, um, remember, no question about it, person of the week, we did it again last week, I need to get submissions in from you guys, so if you got somebody doing good in the community, please, let's spotlight them, okay, let's get that together, the other thing is this, prep spotlight, okay? If you want to talk about a specific team, let's say I just gave Indiana some love. I don't think Indiana's really been on a lot of the podcasts. So, Indiana, welcome to QP Sports Exchange. We are glad to have you, Pacer Nation. We are excited for you to be with us. So, all the Hoosiers in Indiana, You are now part of QP Nation and part of QP Sports Exchange. Hi. The other thing is this. Is that if there's a team, like I said, if there's a team that we're not following enough, if there's a team that we need to show more love to, hit me up. QPP Network, Question Point Pod Network on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then the other thing is this. Um. Be good to yourself. Make sure you're taking out some time for you. And whatever, whatever passion you have or whatever relaxes you, um, make sure you do that. Give yourself some, some you time. The other thing is this. Um, if you can, be great to your neighbors. Lend them a helping hand when you can. If you have excess food and you, know, you see people struggling, make sure you get it to them. And also, it would be be alright if you could say a friendly friendly hello to your neighbor. My wife does a good job at that. Belinda does a really good job at saying hi. And really looking somebody in your eye and saying hi. So, I got to give her kudos for that. I do it. I don't think I do it as consistently as I should, though. I'm trying to get better. But I talk to you guys twice a week as well, so... Sometimes the voice just goes, the other thing is this, is that if you have the time or you have the money, give to some of these worthwhile organizations that are doing so much good in our communities that are helping out the people who are less fortunate than us. Um, There are so many. Um, Myself, myself, I, four years ago, was a complete alcoholic. Drinking myself to death, um, I was not worthy of love and all of this sort of thing, and um, the Long Beach Res the Long Beach Rescue Mission saved my life. So that's why I'm passionate about organizations like them that are doing this all across America and, frankly, all across the world. There are a lot of people out there who are really showing God's light and helping out the less fortunate. So, yeah, man, um, help out some of those worthwhile organizations in your community because they grow people like me, you know, they grow people like me who feel so much joy and so more, so much, so much love to be able to do this podcast for you twice a week, man. It just, I can't tell you how much I love to do this for you guys. So give if you can or give of your time. And on the mental illness thing. If you're struggling, talk to somebody. Be vulnerable, let them know what's really really going on. Okay? Um and if they're not the right person to talk to, hopefully they will lend you a helping hand and find you somewhere or someone to talk to you that can help you there are crisis lines in every state i'm sure there are crisis lines in different countries shout out to france shout out to india shout out to ireland shout out to russia shout out to pakistan shout out to albania shout out to brazil shout out to australia and New Zealand. And shout out to our brothers from the north. We the north. What up Canada? I know y'all got some crisis lines and stuff like that. Alright. Listen. Take care of your mental health. Talk to whoever you need to talk to. Um, do not let it get so bad. That it pushes you away from the people you love. Do not let it get too bad where. You know you're in a really adverse situation, where you know you're losing your home or or whatever the case may be. It's hard enough in this world, and uh, let's pull together as a QP nation and be as one and bring nothing but positivity and light to our days. All right. With that being said, I'm bouncing. I'm ready to get up out of here. There's a Laker game. They're playing Steph Curry in about two hours. You know what I'm talking about. I'll be in front of the TV watching that game and then probably talking about it next Monday, right? Because that's what I do. Keep in mind, there's a football Friday. And the reason why I bring this up to QP Nation, you might not be a football fan, but I do do that segment at the end of the podcast, which is, No question about it, person or entity of the week. Please get your submissions into me um, this week. Hit me up on Facebook and Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. Twitter is QPP Network. On Instagram, Question Point Pod Network. Get those submissions into me, all right? Because we will announce a no question about it person or entity of the week. Guaranteed, we've been doing it the last couple weeks, so... I'm really excited about it, and I hope to have some either some grassroots people in the mix for this particular worthwhile shout out. All right, I'm out. You guys have a great one. Have a great week, and we will see you on Friday.